celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. My pleasure to announce that the uh, membership has selected Jacksonville as the 30th NFL club. It is Wednesday, October 30th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the Fields Auto Group. And now, Vice President and General Manager of the Nick Cannon Fan Club, J.P. Shadrick. Yeah, I, I had literally never heard of him until the last couple of days. I had to Google him today. It's a long story. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group, J.P. Shadrick. John Osher, senior writer. Hi, John. How are you? I'm not Nick Cannon. It's a long story. I, you know, there's this talk about... We had Josh Allen taping a, a program in here earlier for our UK audience, and there was a question about his sack dance. Okay. And it goes back to, I guess, Nick Cannon in some okay. movie sometime doing a dance. And I was like, I don't know who Nick Cannon yeah, is. Yeah, I'm familiar with Nick Cannon. My son was growing up in a time where Nick Cannon was sort of a teen, a, a guy on shows that kids that age watched. Yeah. That's about my... Uh, Knowledge, Nick well, Cannon. Well, let's hope that it, the, the dance comes a lot this Sunday sure, yeah. against Deshaun Watson. Yeah. That would be Although, nice uh, for this team. Marcus Pollard dropped one in the locker room today that I liked. I'm sure you're not familiar with uh, the former pop star Corbin Blue, who was in the uh, in the uh, High School Musical stuff. Oh gosh, no, kids of that, that age would get that. Okay, and uh, Marcus Pollard dropped uh, Corbin Blue on Josh Oliver today, which. For some fans out there, if they have any idea High School Musical, they'll get that. I laughed. It was funny. Apparently, you're a fan. It's, it's as good as Nick Cannon. I'll tell you that. Let's, here's what we're getting to on the program today. We're going deeper than that. No, Luckily for all deeper. of us, I, I hope we are. London Week is here. Week 9, the Jags are heading to Wembley this Sunday to face the Houston Texans. Part 2 of this matchup in the AFC South this year. Look at the AFC South, of course, the standings and what's coming up this week. Players to watch. We'll pick our guys to to watch this week at Wembley. Uniform unveiling. Jimmy Luck will be here from the equipment room to show off what the Jaguars will wear on Sunday in London. And Chris Conley in studio with a guest to be determined. Last week it was an empty chair, but it worked yeah. out great. Remember? It, 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 that was probably the best guess we've had so far. <laughs> I don't know about that. So. No, I don't know. Don't, that's going a little bit too well, far. Well, if they can't show up, then we'll... We'll find out yeah. who it is when they walk in the door, which yeah. is kind of exciting every week. You, you know, the one thing... About having the empty chair, I know for sure, or, or almost for sure, that I'm a better, I'm more entertaining than that. <laughs> yes, barely. So, you're right. Barely you I've are. Been, I've had, back in my day, I had many women tell me that, John, <laughs> you are a better date than an empty chair. <laughs> so I know a, from experience. Congratulations. My um, day. It is London week, so the big topic today around the locker room, around the coaches' press conference about the trip and how you know this team is now making its seventh appearance in london they, they're three and three there but they've adjusted the schedule over the years the travel when to sleep what to eat when to eat when to sleep when not to sleep and then you kick the ball off on sunday and play football really is what it comes down to um interesting though in the staff meeting this week head coach doug marone in his press conference today described a story and, and asked some of the coaching staff who had been on this trip before you know is there anyone i'm just curious anyone here not gone you know made this trip before and, and guess who raises his hand? George Warhop. I, told, I looked at him, I go, he's like, well, in the NFL. I said, you were with me in the World League. We made this trip a ton of times. Back to the United States, back to London, back to the United States, back to London. You know, I mean, 
We did it in a playoff game. We went uh, from London to New York, played New York in a playoff game, flew back right away, and got ready for the World Bowl. I'm like, come on, put your hand down. You know? George Warhoff, of course, the offensive line coach for Doug Marone with the London Monarchs in the World League in the early 90s there. And it's interesting because you're going to have stories like that from Doug, and you'll hear them at the podium in London on Friday as well, uh, reminiscing about his time in that city and playing for that team. Uh, but here it is. They have the routine down, I think, mm-hmm. of what they want to get accomplished starting Thursday when the buses roll out of here to the airport and then on the ground in London. Yeah, the big thing that they tell the players is don't take your routine, which is to not sleep. Who, you're talking about me? You? Yeah. No, no, so. I, I sleep now. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was with you a couple years. First year was a little rough. Sure you did. First so. year, didn't realize it. Um, yeah, and I guess I don't pay... We've done this trip so much, JP, that I don't spend a lot of time this week on the story anymore of you know, what the players do to prepare. Uh, I thought that kind of, I guess, ran its course the second year that they went on Thursday because now it's going to be the same story every year. They go Thursday. They arrive Friday morning. You have a practice a couple of hours later, which the timing is such that the whole idea of the practice timing on Friday now and everything on Friday is to keep them occupied so that they don't go to sleep on Friday. The whole plan is don't go to sleep on Friday, so you will sleep all night Friday. You'll get a little more adjusted Saturday, have a, have a normal sleep on Saturday night, and then wake up on Sunday. And the science or the experience or whatever tells you that if you do that, by Sunday you feel normal. And I think, I don't know if, it, if that's really true or not, but they've convinced themselves that this <laughs> is the right way. And that's a lot of it, meaning I don't think there's a lot of conversation anymore among players who go over there of, well, is this right? Is this the right thing to do? Well, this is screwed up. This is not the, you know, you don't get a lot of, you know, worry about that. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as you don't have players off kilter about it, trying to think of how they could do it better, as long as they're saying, yeah, this is probably the best way. Well, then they're not concerned about that. I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was when the Jags played the, had been a couple of years ago, is when they played the Ravens. And I forget what he said, but there was a quote that was being circulated by uh, Joe Flacco, who's the quarterback at the time, of it just seemed very, yeah, it's going to take us a while to adjust to this. It was very focused, as I recall, on the process and the, and the uh, you know, how tired they were going to be, how much it was going to be an adjustment. And I thought that year it really showed because the uh, Jaguars jumped all over and it felt like the Ravens were slow coming out. That's the advantage, if there is an advantage. Is uh, DJ Tark in the locker room today talked about how at first in that game last year he kind of felt sluggish and it felt different the first couple of minutes. Well, there's something to that. Indy, Buffalo, and the Ravens, three years in a row, Jaguars jumped all over him. So... If there's an edge, maybe that's what it is. I, I don't think it's as pronounced as we'd like to think it is, but as long as the Jaguars believe it, then maybe it's an edge. Second meeting between the Texans and Jaguars this year, and back in week two, different world back then. It was Gardner Minshew's first career start, and uh, you see what the Texans have done this year. They've, uh, they've dominated the recent series between these teams winning 15 of the last 19 against the Jaguars it's been all Houston in this division really they've owned the division uh, they won in week two in a, in a one-point game the Jags were inches short on that two-point play you see Deshaun Watson's numbers there he's been fantastic of course 
Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is still there, of course. J.J. Watt's done for the year. Merciless on defense. It's just a few names to highlight there. But this is a team that is still very, very dangerous. And how different do you think this could be in terms of a game, just setting up this game this week against these between these two teams than it was back in week two, a 13-12, to 12, kind of grind it out, find a way, and fall in short game? Well, I'll tell you how long ago it was. When these teams last played, Jalen Ramsey was still playing for the Jaguars and Gardner Minshew was some clown in a bandana. <laughs> that's, that's true. And, and, and right. And that was at the start of the game. Jalen Ramsey was still happy and, and yeah. everything was fine. Right? And now Jalen's gone, of course. And, you know, Gardner, you know, past all the other stuff, is the guy. And I think beyond the things we're seeing here, I think Gardner Minshew and this offense are a huge story in this game. Every time they made a play, week two there was an there was still this feeling around Gardner of a six-round rookie quarterback you still had that feeling of being pleasantly surprised whenever they got a first down because that's what you are with a rookie quarterback and we had seen so much bad quarterback play for eight years that there was still a feeling that the offense was going to be stagnant that you're going to see rookie mistakes that you were going to have these long stretches without productivity well uh, that's all gone now. And I'm not going to say they're one of the best offenses in the league, but now when they get plays, you're not surprised. And furthermore, in this game, the narrative leading into it, think about how, how much different it is now, JP, is that this ought to be a shootout because the Texans' cornerbacks are really struggling. Yep. The Texans' defense is really struggling. The Jaguars' offense has done enough where you think they can score. And then, you know, I think the Jaguars have an edge in this game because I think the Jaguars are going to score points. If they can get some points early and get ahead, the Texans' offense, as good as it is, and as good as Deshaun Watson is, and he's very good. He's much better than I thought he was going to be as a pro. But the one thing they do is they give up pressure. The one thing this Jaguars' defense, you know, it's one thing to give up pressure to a normal team that has an okay pass rush. When the Jaguars' pass rush gets going, it's had two games with nine and eight sacks this year. When it's leading, it can be very dangerous. That's the one, if there's any matchup in this game that is overwhelmingly in favor of one or the other, it seems to me that it's the Jaguars' pass rush if they're playing with a lead against the Texans' offensive line. That doesn't mean the Jaguars win the game because you still have to go get a lead to get in that situation. So I think a lot can happen between that. If they get up eight, if they get up early and know they're scoring uh, or know they're ahead, know they have to pass, would it shock you to see this defense really get going against this offensive line and sort of turn this into a free-for-all? No, it could happen right. in a hurry. Now, you got to get to that. And that's where, you know, with good quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson, he may not let it get to that. But if they get down and they get in half-two situations, uh, there's a chance that it could be a five, six, seven sack game. Let's start off on the scoring points side of that and getting the lead. Gardner Minshew now, of course, making his eighth consecutive start for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's 4-3 and three as a starter so far. Had the bulk of that week one game, of course, after Nick Foles went down. And we'll figure out, you know, as the weeks go on, the next week or so, hear what's going to happen moving ahead. But we'll save that for after the bye week. 
Uh, this is Gardner Minshew's game this week against the Texans, and I'd venture to say it's the biggest game he's had so far in a Jaguars uniform division game in London, 4-4 four and four record, chance to really start November off a very important division month the right way. We got in the locker room today and asked some of his teammates about Gardner Minshew, including D.D. Westbrook, Jaguars wide receiver, who loves the guy. Gardner's a damn good player, uh, and he's able to expand plays with his feet pretty well. You know, and looking at him, you wouldn't think, you know, he has that. Because just like his stature, how he's built, but then he goes out on the football field and performs magic tricks, you know what I mean? And so hats off to him, he's a special guy. Receivers know they have to do, you know, they might have to play scramble rules from time to time and keep routes going and keep looking back and see if there's an open spot. That's what happened with Chris Conley. We'll ask him mm-hmm. about that coming up, but... It, it can be an exciting brand of football on offense. Well, and I don't want to overstate this, but Didi, since we've gotten to know him a little bit in watching him, strikes he is a guy who, sure, he loves getting paid to play football. But he also looks like a guy who just likes playing football mm-hmm. and would probably play if it was the old days where you're getting paid 10 bucks a game and a meal later. you know, and he has great foot even beyond all that though he has really good instincts on the field you can see how he can create after the catch uh he seems to be a guy who who when he runs routes uh has a good feel for the game well Minshew's a lot like that so you could see how they'd be a little bit uh, kindred spirits you could see how you know hey i wish i'd played this uh with this guy in college because it would have been a lot of fun to play, you know, in the Big Twelve sure. with this guy throwing the ball all yeah, around. Right, yeah. So we've uh, talked to DD together a couple of times about Gardner, and each time, you know, you really see his face light up when he talks about him. And what's strange, JP, or what's going to be interesting is everybody you've talked to in the locker room about Nick. I'm thinking of DJ Chark, several other guys. The feelings they have for Nick are like. They really like Nick Foles. They believe he brought a lot to the locker room. I think uh, they believe he still does, by the way, because he's yeah. around there, absolutely. I'm saying past yeah, yeah, tense yeah. just because sure. when we talk to him about it. It's been a while. Um, yeah. But that's all real. And sometimes you can tell when guys are talking about stuff, whether it's, it's really heartfelt or not. All the stuff they said about Foles is very heartfelt. All of it's very heartfelt about Gardner. And they're just such different guys. They bring it in a different way. Um, so I don't think you're going to hear anything different once they make this decision, but the the affection, respect, excitement they have around Minshew, it's a very real thing based on just the aura that he brings. And I think we hear that from DJ uh, from Didi whenever we talk to him about him, especially that ability to make plays and that ability to create above the X's and O's. Didi is a receiver who when it's scramble mode, et cetera, et cetera, can really take advantage of that. So I'm not surprised that he likes him so much. And, and Didi, you know, of course, missed uh, the second half last week, came out with the, the shoulder issue, shoulder neck issue, and, and didn't come back. He just said it, he couldn't play anymore. He was trying the best he could to, to stay out there, but he seems confident. He's going to see how the week goes, but he was practicing limited today, so that's a good sign. Well, at this point, you figure, uh, I didn't talk to Didi, you were there with him. Mm-hmm. My guess is it's a circumstance where they're saying, look, it's been beating you up a little bit. It's a it 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 seems to be a pain tolerance issue each week where it's going to get hit and get worse. He had said after I think it was the Broncos game a couple weeks back, uh, there's something he was fighting through, expected to fight through all season. Do it one more time, Dee, and then you get two weeks off. That's right. Is yeah. is probably the whole approach. 
and we'll wrap you up and you got not and you got seven more after that but you get two weeks off let's see how it goes this week and, and he's the type of guy to be like yeah let's do it i, I don't whatever well, he's the it kind takes. Of guy that if you told him he couldn't uh, he'd be angry at you yeah, yeah exactly. it wouldn't fit uh, defensively now. We mentioned the pass rush. If the Jaguars can get that lead and get that thing going, you saw what happened last week with Josh Allen, of course. Yannick Ngakwe got home a couple of times. Um, Avery Jones even getting some sack numbers the last couple of weeks. A sack, a sack a week ago, a half sack last week in the game, and I asked him in the locker room today, hey, when it comes contract negotiating time, Avery, are you going to bring up that rising sack total? Truthfully, if I come for my next contract. If I get Calais to go to the meeting with me, I think I might get more money because he owes me seven sacks. I've counted and I write them down, and he knows it. So hopefully, you know, I bring him with me. I got the, I got the play saved on a folder, so I just let them things run and just say, hey, this is what could have been if our end wasn't so old and keep could keep contained. But I mean, it's another thing. So they probably won't ignore me. You know, it's all right. No, no one really cares if Calais doesn't help anyone get a sack. But if you miss one and he misses one, then that's your ass. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely going to bring it up. You know. Avery Jones is a fantastic soundbite in the locker room, a good guy to go to. He's been around here um, for years and years and years when he's seen it in the bad times and the good times and has some fun with that, of course, with the sack total there. But uh, even the interior guys getting home, you know, mm-hmm. Taven Bryan's getting close. They have a group of guys that can – wreak havoc in the backfield well uh, they had eight sacks last week and it was it it was a group effort and it it could have been seven or eight more and they were all over Donald all day uh when Avery's getting sacks no offense to the seven that he didn't get but when Avery's getting <laughs> sacks you know it's going right especially when he pulls the sack dance what was a couple weeks ago where he sort of did the he stands there and a little hop and, and right. Yeah. I wasn't sure what that was. I, I, I think if he had to rethink that, he probably would. <laughs> well, he hasn't had many in his career to really. Uh, was it? Was his career totals? Is it nine sacks in his career? But we've talked about it before. What an incredible story! A, an undrafted free agent, not only an undrafted free agent Avery Jones, but an undrafted free agent during a time where I don't know for sure if this stat's right, but my guess is he probably in eight years or seven years, I think. Mm-hmm. My guess is he has probably had more teammates than any player in Jaguars history outside maybe Meester. There's been Just so much turnover around here. You're because right. of the turnover. Yeah. How many guys has he, has, has he seen come and go? And to last during that time uh, on a franchise that was trying to churn the roster, churn the roster, and become a guy who's been a, you know, at this point, uh, probably one of the 2025 uh, longest tenured players in franchise history. Amazing story, good guy, and uh, glad to tell it. And in a, a room, a defensive line room filled with personalities and so many different kinds of them and, and alpha male type guys. I mean, you ask the defensive line coach and you ask some other guys in that room, Avery's the guy. He's mm-hmm. the one that really stirs the drink, if you will, in that room. And, well, and here's and the thing about him. He's a guy you have to have. It, it's hard in this day and age. Uh, well, when I was growing up and following football, uh, even through the 80s, probably early 90s, it was easier to find a guy like Avery Jones around because uh, the salary cap wasn't such a dominant thing. But this is a guy who he's there when you need, need him to be a backup, he's there. When you need him to start, he's there. He can start, but he can also slide back and be a backup. If he was the third guy in the rotation, he'd prepare, perform, et cetera, the same way. When you found out this offseason that he was probably going to start, rather than be a backup, you didn't blink an eye. 
Look, okay, Avery's going to start. That's fine. He'll be good. Uh, used to have a lot of guys like that. Now with the league so structured in salary of this guy makes this so he has to start, there's not as many guys who last like this who are veterans and then backups and then starters and then not. So he's a throwback. And, uh, you know, the team's better because he's here. Plenty to get to. We'll come back in a moment and look at the AFC South, take a little closer look at the Houston Texans, some of the stars on their team for this week's matchup at Wembley. We'll get players to watch for the Jaguars as well. A little later, Jimmy Luck joins us from the equipment room to unveil what the Jaguars will wear Sunday against the Houston Texans in London. And Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver, set to join us with a mystery guest. We'll find out when they walk in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Workers' compensation and auto injury claims can be a hassle. Getting your prescriptions shouldn't be. At Smart Workers Pharmacy, they provide free home delivery of prescriptions with no upfront cost or hassle for the patient. They work with insurance companies and attorneys to handle the paperwork so you can focus on what's most important, getting better. If you're injured on the job or in an auto accident, ask your prescriber to send your prescriptions to Smart Workers Pharmacy. Visit smartworkerspharmacy.com to learn more. The official pharmacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier. Thanks for joining us. Jags in, in London this week to face the Houston Texans. Where's Jimmy Luck? What's going on here? Well, that's that's not this segment, John. That's right. coming up at 435. Okay. Ten minutes from right now. I'm a stickler for time. Uh, you are, <laughs> indeed. Let me tell you, of all people, yes. that <laughs> was a stickler for timeliness, that would be John Osher. Uh, speaking of timeliness, a lot of events coming up over the weekend in London. We take a look at a few of them. The Friday open practice for Jaguars UK members. The Union Jacks uh, sign-up page available on jaguars.co.uk at slash open practice. Uh, register before you show up at Allianz Park if you haven't already. Saturday, a meet and greet at JD Sports on Oxford Street. That's 12.30. And then uh, the Fulham match against Hull City at 3 o'clock Saturday at Craven Cottage. And then the Union Jacks pub party with Like a Mobile. That's 5.30 at the Admiralty Pub on Trafalgar Square. And that's always a fantastic time. I'll be there. Um, uh, John, are you coming for that this year? Going to come hang out? Have some pints? Uh, no? I'm efforting. Okay. I didn't make it last year. It always depends on how I feel. I always want to make it because I've met some great people at that event over the years. And... Uh, I enjoy it, and I, I'm going to try to be there. John or no John, I'll be there. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
not quite the same. I'm just it's, <laughs> you're right. You got that right. It's much different. <laughs> John Osher. So always a fun weekend in London. Of course, the game at 2.30 London time, 9.30 a.m. in Jacksonville on Sunday. Uh, let's take a look at the AFC South standings going into week nine, and it's the same order that it's been the last couple of weeks with the Indianapolis Colts at the top of the division. The Houston Texans right after that in five and three. The Jags at four and four. And the Tennessee Titans at the bottom, four and four as well. Tight division. This next month is where it turns for the Jaguars. They have three straight division games coming up in a four-week span with a bye week in there and a quarterback decision to be made. Uh, If they can manage this somehow, they can get to December and then have a chance for a run. If they can't manage this, then December might not matter too much, at least in the standings. Yeah, well, I mean, if you 0-3 through this, then obviously it's over. I think you've got to get at least two. Um, and frankly, I think you need to get this one. You know, it's Start it's, with this one. Yeah, it's it's a home game, uh, and, and people don't like hearing that, but in the, in the spirit of what they need to get done, you have to treat this like a home game, and you've got to beat the Texans at home because you lost two of them on the road. It's also, I would make the argument that it's far and away the most important a game they've held in London yet. They they won in Baltimore two years or they they beat Baltimore two years ago, but they were one and one going into that game. That didn't have that was still a game as I recall where I recall talking to fans at the Union Jacks event that year and they hoped they were good because they had beaten the Texans. But then they had just lost, I think they lost to Tennessee the following week. So they were still right in the throes of that up, down, up, down. You didn't know if they were good or not. Mm-hmm. Now, once they won the next day, it took on a feel. Our memory is, okay, that, that was a big game because they beat the Ravens. But there wasn't a whole lot of, at stake in that game yet. It didn't feel big. This one on Sunday, you know, all the other ones, they've either been out of it or last year Philadelphia, they felt like they were out of it already. I mean, it was just kind of a mess by the time they got to Philly. Yeah, this is important. This is big. So – when they made the commitment to have a game there every year, uh, Shad and the organization made the point of, look, this needs to be a home game. This needs to be where this is our advantage. Teams need to be worried about playing us there. Well, this is where it starts. This is the first time that you really needed this thing to be a huge home field advantage because you need this one. Uh, I think if you don't win this, you're not out of it, but you're four and five, you're you, – and you might be looking up at what a five and two Colts team. Uh, things have to go perfectly the rest of the or close to perfectly the rest of the way for you to catch that. Um, I think it's a must. You know, they've won two games in a row. There were must wins. Well, guess what the reward for that is? Another must One more. win. Yeah. So that, that's the NFL against a team that's already beaten you in the division this year. So I don't want to go on two against yep. the Texans. That's been the the recent trend over the last uh, number of years around here. Uh, let's get to our players to watch, shall we? Sure. Um, I'm going to start this week, okay. and it's going to be fairly obvious. I think this is the story, obviously. It, it's Gardner Minshew. However he plays, I think, is how this game's going to go. And not to put undue pressure on him, but he played pretty darn well last week in that win against the Jets, and he's had his moments this year where he's saved the bacon for the Jaguars, if you will. Uh, he's 4-3, and three, and, you know, the other – bigger question will be is this his final look at quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars if Nick Foles is ready to come back week 11 against the Colts when is that decision made uh you know we'll find out but can't worry about that now go play well against the Texans and 
move the offense all day, score in the red zone, and get the job done. That's what Gardner Minshew's tasked with this week. I almost think, JP, that if if he was a guy who was in his third year and was in this situation, uh, meaning, hey, you've got one more game, then the starter's coming back, and there's this narrative in the air about you need to play well to keep the job. If he was in his third year, that might be some pressure. I almost think being a rookie in that situation, being so young, never been through it before, and he's not a dumb guy at all, so I hate to even use this phrase, but it's almost like as a rookie you're so dumb, you don't know what the NFL is, that, hey, I'm just going out and playing. Just, just I've got to prepare. I, you know, So much going on that you don't have time to think about ramifications. It's, it's almost okay. It's almost okay to be young and not know what's going on because you're so intent on preparing. I don't think it'll come into play that much for him this week. B, I think even if he doesn't wind up starting against Indianapolis, even if they go back to Foles, use the phrase, will this be his last game? It might be his last game for the short term. I don't think in any way in the world, no matter what decisions made, that we've seen the last of this kid at quarterback, um, either through Foles' injury through something, I just can't imagine a scenario where he is not quarterbacking this team at some point in the future. My other uh, players, uh, plural, to watch, the Jaguars secondary. We don't have a graphic for it, but uh, talking to A.J. Boye in the locker room today, this is a different secondary, of course, from the last number of years when the Jaguars have faced the Houston Texans and DeAndre Hopkins. It's always been Jalen Ramsey on DeAndre Hopkins. That was the storyline going into each one of those games. You saw it happen in week two with Ramsey shutting him down a fantastic performance. But now for the first time in a long time, the Jaguars are playing the Texans without 20 in that defensive backfield. And talking to Boye today about it in the locker room, he's confident. It's just different personnel on the back end for the Jaguars. But uh, there's some young guys coming along. Trey Herndon had the two picks last week. Um, you know, he didn't want to give up exactly what he's going to be doing, but you know, you feel like he's going to have some time on Hopkins, but he could see time on other guys, and they they are confident in this group in the back end. But this make no mistake, this is a, a wide receiver group in Houston that can really get it done. If Hopkins is covered up, the other guys can play and and blow up for big games on you. So for me, the secondary big mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, and I think the secondary is huge. But I think the way that you stop Hopkins, if you're the Jaguars, is to pressure Watson so much that he can't get the ball to Hopkins. Got it. I don't think you're going to stop Hopkins. Um, I also think that the reality of DeAndre Hopkins right now is that he's going to catch between six and nine balls. And they might go for between 70 and 95 yards. You don't say that's okay, but that's not going to kill you. There will be three or four plays in this game that are third and seven. Houston's on its 42, and they're either trying to uh, kill the clock or they're trying to drive for a key score. In those situations, you know they're going to this guy. If they have six big offensive plays in a game, they're going to him four of them. I think the key to stopping him, quote unquote, will not be his yardage, but how they fare on those big plays. If you can keep the ball out of his hand and be walking off the field high-fiving each other after an incomplete pass twice in that situation, you've probably won. If, if he's converting each one, which he's done against this team before. I mean, we can all think of situations where he's made you know, 
a play for an eight-yard gain on third and three where all of a sudden the life goes out of the building. Mm -hmm. That's what he does so well. How you do against him on those plays sort of determines whether you've won that matchup or not more than his yardage total at the end of the game. All right, so my players to watch, Gardner Minshew the second, really a stretch there, and Jaguars secondary against the receiving core and Deshaun Watson throwing the ball around. John, who you got today? Well, I'll be quick because uh, I know we have Jimmy Luck uh, coming here soon. My first is Josh Allen, uh, and a couple of things. For some reason, he's not getting Rookie of the Year love. Love. Uh, Nick Bosa's getting most of it. Yeah, which is absurd because they have similar stats, and this kid is similar stats. Uh, now I will say, I mean, San Francisco's undefeated. Does that matter to you? Well, if I if I was covering the Forty Nine ers, sure. <laughs> but uh, but when it comes to Rookie of the Year, no, nah, not really. No. I mean, uh, this guy's had a huge impact. Uh, I'm not really concerned about it. To me, JP, he clearly is showing that he is going to be a league-defining defensive player as long as he stays healthy for the next eight to ten years. He is big time. I think he's really important in this game because, as I said, if you're going to stop Hopkins, the biggest edge the Jaguars have is their pass rush against this offensive line. If he has a game where he starts putting himself on the map and, you know, two more sacks, national TV kind of thing. Uh, I think there's a good chance that on Monday they'll be talking about him right up there with Bosa as as Defensive Rookie of the Year. And my second is Chris Conley. Yes, he's coming up a little bit later in the show. Again. Yes, well uh, done. And I, I, I sort of chose him because he's our guest. Okay. He's our, no, um, he, <laughs> That's fine. I I figured you were going with Minshew. The, the Texans secondary is so beat up that I don't think it's going to be a game like 13-12 to 12 in Week 2. I think it's going to be a case where this team needs to get a lead. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball very well with Fournette because the Texans are going to try to stop that, and they've been good against the run. The key to me is somehow the Jaguars getting some big plays early getting ahead and forcing the Texans into passing situations, I think their best chance, I could have picked DJ Chark, I could have picked D.D. Westbrook, went with Conley because he had the big play last week. He has the chance to put this team in a situation where they're in the driver's seat and and they're going after uh, Watson on defense. So Chris Conley. Okay, Josh Allen and Chris Conley, your choices today. Well done. Our uh, players to watch are in, so watch them on Sunday at Wembley in London. Uh, coming up at Daily's Place, busy schedule. Sting, November 8th. Sarah Bareilles, November 22nd. Danny and Sandy meet in Greece. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, December 15th. Tickets at dailiesplace.com. Wow, John Ozer with the with the call there. Back in a moment. Uh, Jimmy Luck will join us. Head equipment manager will unveil what the Jaguars will wear Sunday at Wembley. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. 
Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Take home a delicious game day win with free delivery from Mellow Mushroom, powered by DoorDash. Their signature stone-baked pizzas, sandwiches, and mellow munchies are the perfect play to score big with your family and friends. Order online at order.mellowmushroom.com and don't forget to follow on Facebook where the Roar of the Jaguars will make a special delivery to one lucky fan during every away game. Place your order today and get the taste that's deliciously Duval. Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group rolls along. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and this music each week means it's time for Jimmy Luck, yep. head equipment manager. What's up, man? What's going on? How you guys doing? Oh, great. We're ready for London. Here we are. Week We're nine. getting there, yeah. Packing it all up right now. Now, I got asked logistically. I know the first couple of years of London had to be just a mess. Not a mess, but a huge lift because going over there for mm-hmm. the full weeks. Yeah. I would think that was a dramatically different task than going over there for just the last couple of days of the week. Yeah, it is. Um, the first year we left, we played Sunday, left Monday, mm-hmm. um, went over there all week. Yeah, that was a pretty good bit. The next year we left from Cincinnati. So we kind of had flashbacks. When we went to Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago uh, about being there. And uh, that was that was a little difficult, kind of packing for two trips, um, a little nerve-wracking there. Like you said, obviously we have less movements, less practice, all that. It's a little bit easier. And less um, uniforms, right? I, I get to take both set. I assume all sets of uniforms. Yeah, when we went for Cincinnati, games. obviously we had we were the road team in Cincinnati, so we had those packed, and then we had the home uniforms since we were the home team, and then you had practice jerseys, and so you had all kinds of stuff. And, and nothing like an eight-hour flight, man, unpacking. That's right, with dirty stuff. And, <laughs> and then, they're all dirty. Yeah. yeah. And then, That'd be a good smell. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. What's well, better on the way back because the stuff doesn't come back with us after the game, <laughs> okay. so we don't get it till about Tuesday at noon. Oh boy! So the uniforms are pretty ripe right there. I would say so. <laughs> um, how has the staff on the ground over there in the UK, the NFL UK people, the folks at Wembley, how have they been over the years helping you guys get situated down? There? It's been really good. I mean, they've kind of um, worked the bugs out. You know, they have. Uh, at first, you know, it was just one or two games a year. Now there's four games a year. So they get pretty good routine, um, good follow-up. A lot of the same people from year to year. So it's good to have familiar faces. No, um, With us going every year, it's our seventh time. I think we've been the most of any teams. So they, they kind of enjoy seeing us. We are kind of starting to feel that home field. And when we the equipment guys roll up, the security guards are there. They, they get all fired up to see us and um, are kind of – clubhouse guys over there that uh they they like it. they enjoy it when we come over we have a good time now the field over there some players were talking about today it's a different kind of field isn't it? it's not quite i mean it's i guess it's soccer but but uh, whatever it is 
it's a different kind of slickness, right? Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's much more like ryegrass, which a lot of people up north will use uh, kind of later in the year. Um, and so it's kind of juicy and, and wet looking. Uh, obviously, there's a good chance of rain, so it's going to be even wetter. Uh, but the field is kind of hard because um, they, they like for the, the soccer, for the ball to kind of skid on the grass. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys aren't real heavy either. They're not digging in right. real deep. So um, so it's a little bit different. And a lot of those fields have uh, like the, the synthetic fibers that the grass kind of grows through it. And right. it, you can't really cut that out and resod a piece like we do over here. I remember the first year standing in the field doing uh, some TV. And it was just this thick, it felt like, you know, it, it was sort of meandering. Like, and the fields here. It's a little are, longer, yeah. Are very, very, uh, almost crisp. And there's yeah. nothing crisp mm-hmm. about it. It was like being in a field of weeds. Yeah, Not it's, weeds, it's, it's, it's kind grass, of like you know. soft and lays over yeah. and very Which green. Which you never and, see in the States. No, not really. Yeah, not not uh, not football. How do you prepare so. cleats for that, though? Um, we have, well, everybody has a pair of detachable cleats. The, the screw ends or seven studs, whatever you want to call them. Um, we we encourage everybody to wear those during warm-ups to try to get a feel. Um, some guys have a special little pattern they might like to put them in, short and long ones. Um, usually if you're going to wear a detachable cleat, you'll wear the longer cleat. Because uh, if you're just wearing the, the regular one, you might as well wear your regular molded bottom shoes, which some guys will can get away with. Um, other guys, you know, receivers and DBs that cut a little bit harder, they may need a little bit more, or the linemen, you know, trying to dig in. So. Nope. But we'll we'll have an opportunity on Saturday and Sunday early to uh, test that out. So, well, in a few years, it was uh, a few years ago. Obviously, Alan Hearns made a catch on the right side, and then mm-hmm. weaved through guys, and they're they're slipping and falling for the Colts, and he goes for like a fifty yard touchdown. I mean, that's that's part of the uh, preparation for this game. And I think that's some of our advantage. Hopefully, that yeah. you know we we know the field's a little bit different, and you know we've played on it, and hopefully that's yeah, a little check in our box. Guys said it's different running on it, even with the plate. Like you have to be a little yep. bit over your body. Yeah, you, you know, make sure you run with your feet underneath. Sure, you. that's my coaching point for the day. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, let's get to the equipment, shall we? What will the Jaguars wear uniforms this Sunday at Wembley against the Houston Texans? So there's a uh, I don't know who it is, but uh, Jaguar equipment Twitter guy. He's pretty on top of it. I've been following him, and he's following me. So I think he got it right this week. We're gonna go with the black pants. Okay, oh, with the teal that. trim, and then we will go with the black jerseys. Wow. Kind of the traditional London wow. look. And we got the mayor of Saxonville, Mr. Worldwide, the captain, Calais. Very cool. Calais I wanted to bring Trey Herndon with the two picks last week. He's my guy, but I figured Mr. Worldwide, we needed to bring him. Yeah. But I'll bring Trey later. Calais uh, getting some things done this year, of course, as is that entire defensive line, as we talked about earlier, John. But there's a good look. Black on black at Wembley. First time in of the year, yeah. It's only the second time we've done that, right? Uh, this is the second twice. time we've worn the black jersey this year. We wore them actually against the Houston. Black on black was only, has only been in London, is that right? Uh, no, we've Maybe. worn it at home before, okay. but this is the first time this year we've worn more wearing look. black on black. Love it. Um, let's get a win in it on Sunday, Jimmy. Exactly. Um, well done. We'll see you over there. All right. Appreciate All right, Jimmy, it. Thanks. Jimmy Luck <laughs> see you guys. with thanks. us each and every Wednesday. Black over black for the Jaguars at Wembley against the Houston Texans this Sunday. Back in a moment, Chris Conley. Making his way in with a special guest from the defense. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. 
Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Workers' compensation and auto injury claims can be a hassle. Getting your prescriptions shouldn't be. At Smart Workers Pharmacy, they provide free home delivery of prescriptions with no upfront cost or hassle for the patient. They work with insurance companies and attorneys to handle the paperwork so you can focus on what's most important, getting better. If you're injured on the job or in an auto accident, ask your prescriber to send your prescriptions to Smart Workers Pharmacy. Visit smartworkerspharmacy.com to learn more. The official pharmacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group continues. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and it's time for our weekly visit with our co-host, Chris Conley. How are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. It's good to be here again for another week. It's always great to be here after a win, but today to be joined by the one and only, <laughs> Miles Jack wasn't down. I'm here. Still wasn't down. Still. He's still running. How you doing, Miles? What's yeah, up, man? Awesome. This is a cool setup. I kind of like it here. I think I might want to. Pop in a little bit more. Oh, we're going we're gonna to hold you to that. All please. Right, cool. please come back. I cool. like that. Uh, yeah, coming off a win. A uh, couple wins now. Four and four record. Things feeling pretty good in the locker room, it seems like, today at least. Feeling good. Uh, but I think there's a little bit of focus on what's to come next. You know, divisional games, uh, game overseas. Uh, just a lot of things that are building up to getting us you know, we've gotten to the place where we want to be four and four being even, but now really to catapult ourselves to where we want to be toward the end of the year, uh, we got to make some things happen uh, in these next few games. Big game coming up this week, Miles. I mean, division game, mm-hmm. you know what London's about, no? I mean, right. you guys know that routine and everything. We've talked about it with a bunch of guys in the locker room today. Right. You guys got the routine down. It's a football game on Sunday now. Absolutely. Um, big game. You know what I mean? We had a close one with those guys last time we played them, and um, – we just feel like we're in a really good spot, especially defensively. We're starting to get our turnovers going, you know, starting to get our mojo going, um, putting the ball back in the offensive hands, giving them better situations to manage and everything. So we're just really excited, man. We feel like this should be a good one. We're at 500 right now, and I feel like November is that month where you really set yourself apart from other teams. So we're excited. I got to ask you, Miles, have you looked around the last couple of weeks and ever thought – how different your world is from three, four years ago when it was always pause, always telling, right? And so much turnover. I mean, you've been responsible for a lot, and those guys were always on the field. It seemed, and mm-hmm. it's just been such a strange year. I guess just talk about the year, yeah, and, and uh, what you've had to go through to deal with that. Yeah, it's um, I mean, obviously when I came in, it was it was Puzz and Telvin. They were running the thing. Really, Puzz was the head dog. You know, what I mean, Telvin was second in charge, and myself, I was the young guy. 
Then Puzz decided to hang up the cleats. It's Telvin and me. So I'm still learning from Telvin, learning from a good dude. Then Telvin decides to sit it down this year. So then it's, it's me, you know what I mean? And I'm going through the year playing next to new guys and just learning from new those. New guy after new guy. New after guy after new guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's somebody new I'm playing with every week. So it's it's really been not necessarily a challenge, but really – it's, it's made me have to up my game because I really got to know even that much more to help out that person throughout the week. So that way on Sunday, everybody feels confident to know what they got to do. So I really give credit to just learning from Telvin and Puzz. Mm-hmm. They they were on me. They got me right. So it's just kind of like you pay it forward. You know what I mean? You just continue the tradition of being that guy that somebody can lean on. Lean on. And something that maybe hasn't gotten not talked about enough, but two weeks ago, a game against Carolina you guys all wanted to forget. Right. But in, in the three weeks since, with a lot going on around you, mm-hmm. meaning a lot of new faces, a lot of guys that, you know, 35 yards against the Bengals, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, 40 last week, what's gone into that and uh, how much have you had to help the guys around you during that? You know, I'm, I'm grateful for that Carolina game because that was a wake-up call for all of us. I felt like, not to say we didn't take them serious, but – we, we kind of took that game for granted, you know what I mean? Cam Newton was hurt. We just felt like it was just McCaffrey, and he went in there, and he wore us out, you know what I mean? So that was a wake-up call for us, and I'm, I'm thankful for that game because I learned from that, and I said, you know what, never again. We're, we're going to stack these games up. And um, you've seen the body of work we put together, and we just plan on continuing to just keep it going. So I don't want to jinx it or talk about it or anything, but, yeah, we, we've been pretty solid on the front seven. Chris Conley, Miles Jack with us. Chris, uh, offense now. Scramble rules came into play last week oh, yeah. for this wide receiver <laughs> core. Uh, certainly for you on that 70-yard touchdown. DJ Chark's touchdown was kind of the same way when mm-hmm. things were breaking down. But that's sometimes how it goes, especially with this kind of quarterback back there, right? Yeah, you just uh, I think the more that you play with a guy, you start to realize his tendencies for – how long and how what links he'll go to to keep the play alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, every quarterback has a different amount of timing that they'll go uh, looking down the field until they run. Uh, so, you know, in the weeks that we've been able to play with Garner, we've kind of figured out what that clock is like and what areas of the field he likes to look at uh, when it comes to scrambling downfield. And we were able to translate those to positive plays uh, this past weekend. But uh, moving forward, you know, we would like to, you know, protect things up and, and run the right routes so that he doesn't necessarily have to do that and win it with his legs. But, you know, that's just an exciting part about his game uh, that adds another dimension to the offense, and he's done a really good job. Hey, Miles, did you know how fast he was? That man, I, I knew from the from the combine he ran, what did you run, a low, high 4-3? Four, 4-3-5. Three? Four, four, three, See? 4-3-5. So four, that's I've accurate. Watching this guy. Yeah, I, know, I, know oh, yeah, I don't ever talk about that. He had the <laughs> highest uh, vertical leap as well, mm. the broad jump. and uh, Fairly uh, – Fairly athletic. Yeah. <laughs> Fairly athletic day. But, you yeah. know, for some, some of the guys maybe on this team that had not really seen that open up to its fullest, when that last 30 yards on your touchdown, I mean, you turned on the burners and then drove through the guy to get in the end zone. I mean, that's what you had to do on that play. Amazing. Got to do, got to do what you got to do. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to, you know, the guys in this locker room have really made the most of their opportunities. And uh, I feel like that's what the skill positions on offense really buy into is, you know, you don't know how many balls you're going to get. You don't know when that chance is going to come to make a play that impacts the game. So when the ball is in your hands, make the most of it. I got a question for both of you, uh, and, and it's one at a time. Okay. Now, everybody knows who follows the draft knows that Miles often covered wide receivers in college, mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. 
How about the matchup uh, during practice? Man. Uh, you guys ever matched yeah, up? Yeah, 4-3. How, how would that go? That was, that, that was the old days. You know, 4-3-5, <laughs> I'm not really hitting that those marks. So, no, nah, I'm going to let the DBs, I'm going to let AJ deal with that. I don't have time for that. I just so stick Miles to the tight end. I'm okay. I'm, no, I'm not saying that, you know, but there's there's definitely one thing. I don't want to get hit by Miles. You know, he's, he's being nice over there, but the licks that, that he lays on crossing receivers, you know, I'll pass on that. I'll pass on that one. I'll let him. I'll let him take pick off those other guys. Chris wins. <laughs> now we ask uh, Chris a lot about this, but uh, there's been so much talk this year. And uh, Chris said after the game the other day that he he really liked the way that this team was starting to play for the guy next to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug's talked about it all offseason how he likes that about this team. Um, have you felt that all year? Do you continue to feel that growing? And uh, absolutely, I guess where is that coming from? Why is that? With this um, team? I, I would say it, it truly stems from last year. You know, um, and you could even say the year prior because two years ago, I mean, we were on top of the world, we were winning games, um, should have went to the Super Bowl. The year after, it was such a letdown, and we just kind of all remember that feeling that the coming forward this year, we we don't want to have that same feeling. So we know that we all can't do it by ourselves. We all have to come together, lean on the man next to each other. And um, even even on halftime, if we're down or anything, everybody can kind of feel that everybody trusts everybody to do what they're supposed to do. So there's no panic. There's no pointing fingers. It's none of that. You know, we just know that everybody knows what they're supposed to do. And it's such a trust in this locker room and even a camaraderie that we have. Everybody mm-hmm. talks to each other. It's, it's a different vibe this year for sure. Yeah, I think that, oh, go ahead, Chris, I think that sure. just, you know, from the outside looking in and then coming into this locker room this year, I've seen from my first week here – the relationships between guys wherever they play on the team offense defense special teams first team through fourth team Mm -hmm. I've seen those relationships just blossom and guys really want to be around other guys because they're good dudes and they're good teammates and then that makes and it translates into them being better football players and when we get into those tough situations and games it's not a thing for me to go up to miles and say hey man we need you right like we need you to come up with one like we didn't get our job done we as an offense need you to come up with one so we get another shot. And it's it's not it's there's never any like if Miles comes up to me and is like, hey, hey, we need you to pick it up, I don't take offense to that because I know where he's coming from. I know right. what his heart is. And so people don't get sensitive about stuff like that. And that can really cause some divisions in locker rooms. Uh, but we're not really experiencing that issue because of the way that guys have gotten to know each other. Constructive criticism, mm-hmm. not uh, not attacking there. Uh, have you taken him out on the on the water yet to surf? <laughs> not <laughs> yet. You know uh, that's no? something that we need to, that needs to happen because oh, Miles man. is a very athletic guy, <laughs> a very very athletic guy, and he could definitely surf. You but we haven't gotten there, LA, right? Yeah, LA, UCLA? no, I didn't really touch. You know, the Pacific Ocean is kind of <laughs> dirty out there, so I didn't really get out there too much. I don't know how athletic I am on water, so we'll have to see about that. But um, you know, he's too yeah. busy making candles. We'll see. Yeah, big candle making guy. Yeah, how's the business going? There? You know, I'm I'm kind of wrestling with Instagram right now, trying to get my password back. I lost the phone <laughs> that had it. You know, you put a password on the phone and you forget about it. Yeah. I never thought it was gonna blossom like this, and I owe my man Chris. About a thousand candles. He does owe me a couple candles. You know, I was told a couple months ago that I was getting a candle. And, you know, it's just there's a lot of things going on with the season. So, you know, I don't want to put too much on his plate. But I, I I just don't forget. You know? yeah, Are you for, surprised how that's taken off though? I mean, yeah, I mean, you love it. I, I did not expect really... I did not expect for it to blow up how it did. Like I literally just kinda made the Instagram and thought it was just gonna be like 
you know, maybe a minute thing, but it's really taken off. And even some fans in London want me to take their, take some candles over there. So I'm bringing <laughs> like 50 just to see what it does. But yeah, Chris asked for an exotic scent. So I'm, I'm working it's on specific. it. And I'm going to get it it's right. Pretty, it's pretty specific. But he, right. he assured me that he can make it happen. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm a man of my word. I can't wait to bring that in the Dare house. I ask what this exotic scent is? Exotic. It's, it's holiday themed. You know, it's <laughs> holiday themed. And, you know, Christmas is my favorite holiday. And, and I'm a big fan of apple pies. And so, you know, I want it to smell like, you know, a house on Christmas with an apple pie and a little cinnamon, you know. And he said he can make that happen. I can make and, it happen. Know, I just, yeah. I'm just putting, got to mix some things together. Don't want it to be too cinnamon, too pie, too, you yeah, know. So, you know, yeah. I'm going to be a hero when I take that, yeah. when I take that home. Yeah. I'm going to be a hero. Yeah. Now, tradition dictates that you have questions for Miles. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. So, for those, everyone probably knows uh you know miles was a two-way athlete not just in high school but in college do you ever have just this burning desire to get some plays on offense man you know there there are times during the game where i, I watch other running backs or i'm watching film on an opposing running back and i'm like oh i would have went this way i would have went that way but you know i, I kind of took a step back from that but if they did ask me to do it I would not say no. We have space. <laughs> we so, have space. If Leonard gets tired, Leonard, if you watching, that's all I'm going to say. For, don't just, forget about just it. Just do that. Just and Miles will be. Just don't do forget that. about it. And Raquel. We'll if Leonard and Raquel are tired because I don't want to take his shine. The young rookies been running hard. They get tired. I give them a player too. So, but at one point team. last season, that got a little close, right? Yeah, yeah. You were the emergency guy a couple Correct. weeks late. Yeah, they were. Um, we was running some plays, and um, I, I was ready to go. But um, man, I guess it's beautiful. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But yeah, I'm emergency always, running back. I'm always there. Emergency quarterback. You know, I hope that the time That'd never nice. comes where they need. <laughs> I hope the time never comes where they need both of our services. <laughs> that would be that would be tough. But. <laughs> Me handing it off to Miles Jack. That'd be nasty. Oh, that's kind of a that's an explosive backfield. Mm. I like that. Some let's, hope we, mm. let's hope we never see yeah. that. Okay, <laughs> no offense, guys. All right, last thoughts here. Uh, going to London, a place uh, Miles. I know you know very well. Obviously, right. being around here. Have you played in London? Yep. When? Uh, Two thousand sixteen. Uh, played against the Lions. Okay. Mm. okay. Uh, so a big division game, obviously. Home environment for the Jags. Home kind of weekend now after making it a tradition here. But as we said at the start, it's a, it's, it's a big month. Three division games coming up. Uh, a bye week in there, too, at a pretty good time, I think, for this team. But Very good it time. all starts this week. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're 500. I think this would be a great way to start the third quarter, get that first win, rest everybody up, get our bodies back for a week, and – Get that ball rolling, man. I'm, I'm. This is, this is it. I think this is gonna kick off something very special. Now, in talking to you very briefly after the game the other day, mm. you're in need of a buy. Right. You're getting. I mean, and 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 you've been fighting through it. Just at this point in the season, I guess try to tell people how beat up you are. And it's not necessarily any, any specific thing. It's just the wear and tear at this point. Yeah. Right? Um. To explain to people what it's like, I mean, it's you know these these eight weeks is it's it's rough, man. You're taking hits. You're hitting linemen. You're always you're always hitting. So I mean, it's not like it, it's kind of a mental thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's you got to continue to just want to hit, want to do this, want to stick your nose on people, want to be physical, want to be aggressive. Because there's there's times where your shoulder sure. this shoulder may be hurt, this shoulder may be hurt, your neck might be a little tight, but it's bigger than you, you know what I mean? So you got to put the team before yourself and um, go out there and get a win. Well put. Well put. Big I, one, big I, one, Chris, this week. Got huge one. 
Huge one. And, uh, you know, for guys who played in London, they know what it's like, the environment, how the travel takes it out of you, the difference in food, uh, <laughs> lack of hydration. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of factors that go into playing an overseas game. But the guys who have been around in the locker room, we have a lot of guys who've played in this game over there, uh, and they're prepared for it. And, um, you know, just continue to build on the things that we've built on to get to this place. Right. Uh, if the team continues to build on that and continues to just focus in and get a little bit better each week, then we'll be where we want to be. We don't want to peak too soon. But we want to continue that gradual climb. Well done, fellas. Good to see you. Good luck to you in London. We'll see you over there. Miles, thanks Always. for coming in, man. Thank Miles, great job. Miles, Jack, like thanks, Chris, man. we'll talk to you next time. Um, next week. Oh, no, no, bye week. Next bye week. week. I'm out of here. I'll, so, be, I'll be here. Okay, come on in, Miles. You want, you want to, to take up? a spot? Come <laughs> on in. What time? Wednesday it's no longer my afternoon show. It's Miles Jack. Four. It's Miles Jack. Hey, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> Are we on Sirius XM? Where are we <laughs> no, on? We're, no, we're, we're, Jaguars.com. All right, what's up? Jag social. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys in London, and we'll talk to you next time on Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group.